Hello everyone and welcome back to the Awful Neutral Podcast. Today, I'll be your very special GM, Joe Camacho, and we'll be doing another Halloween episode. This time, we'll be playing the tabletop RPG, Ten Candles. This tabletop RPG is one designed to push the characters to their limits, to make them realize that life is fleeting. Everyone in this RPG will eventually die, which is part of the system. They'll be rolling d6s and to determine their fate. They start off with a pool of 10 d6s. As they fail on rolls, their pool of dice will diminish, and as they completely fail on a roll, so were their candles, and that's where the candles start whittling down and down and down, and their dice pool goes down and down and down, and so does their hope and faith that they'll ever get out of the situation that I'm about to put them in. With that being said, let's introduce the players. Damien Mercado, go ahead and introduce yourself and who you'll be playing. I'll be playing one of our uh, beloved NPC characters from the main campaign. I'll be playing Gremel Stonebreaker, fabled paladin and dwarf from the city of Adbar. And Jesse Egan, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you'll be playing. All right, I will be playing uh, Chud Bingsley once again. I'm back, y'all. I'm ready to light a candle for the Archbishop. Uh, It's hard to put a positive spin on death, but glad to be here. Happy to play. And AG, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you'll be playing. Hey everybody, it's AG, Allison Gill. I'll be playing Malison Kill today. Thank you. Oh, I kind of get where the name comes from now. That's cool. <laughs> I finally get it. You get to where it came from now? <laughs> See how clever we wasn't? Still an See awesome name. See how clever we wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Cleveland, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and who you will be playing? That's right. My name's Caleb Cleveland. I'm going to be the uh, fourth player character, and I'm going to be playing Gonkowskian. I'm a turtle, and I like uh, all these fine peoples. I, for one, am not afraid of death. I can't wait to have all kinds of worms wriggling and feeding (laughs) through my cars. It's going to be great. How utterly disturbing. I'm going to have a whole, like, worm zoo up up in here. It's going to be wonderful. Remember, everything that doesn't kill you still tried its best. So, listeners, as you heard, we're all going to be playing D&D characters today from the main campaign. Hopefully I don't maim or kill your favorite characters too quickly and you get to listen to them uh, for as long as possible. Kevin's not on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin cannot help but interfere. With that being said, let's get into the episode. You guys are all aboard the airship. It's a beautiful, quiet night. You're all sailing towards the city of Adbar to complete future quests. Everyone's glad to be out of prison, resolving everything that happened there with Mr. Dandy, their children, and now have some sort of peace of mind. It's been the first calm in a while after getting out of prison. Whew, dang, y'all, I sure am glad to be out of that big house. It was tough in the Hooskowd. Oh, I feel like things are looking up. Ain't nothing bad gonna happen to us in this episode. Uh-uh. We've escaped harm. Clear sailing ahead. I missed the lashings. 
It's at this point where you all begin to head to your cabins and do a little bit of silent reflection. It's here where we first come into the cabin with Chud Bingsley as he sits on his bed looking at a speaking stone, perhaps contemplating life, contemplating his last six years. He begins to record a message. Well, this here's Chud Bingsley, y'all, and if I should die before I wake... And although all of us cannot exactly hear what Chud Bingsley is saying into his speaking stone, we go to the next cabin where Gonk is sitting on his bed looking at his own speaking stone, contemplating his life and thinking about the last six years and a message that he might want to leave the world. Uh, are you there, Captain? It's me, Gonk. Um. And as we zoom out of Gonk's cabin, we can tell he's probably re talking into that zone and recording something very, very sentimental and heartfelt. And we go over to Malison Kill's cabin, where she's inside on a desk in her office, speaking into a similar speaking stone, and recollecting the last six years of her life. Boy, I sure do miss the lashings, but... And as we zoom out of the captain's quarter as she speaks into her own stone, we head over to the deck where Grimmel Stonebreaker is manning the helm, but has a silent moment to himself to think about his past six years, his life experience, his life with his troop. Does he have any greater goals or ambitions? Does he have anything that he wants to leave the world? Are you there, Morden? It's me, Grimmel Stonebreaker. Faithful servant. And as we zoom out from Grimmel, we fade away to the exterior of the ship and see it floating in the sky, high above the Sostagarian land. It seems down below is a large wooded area, big forest that they're flying over at the moment, and it seems like they'll be over this forest for the next couple hours. Gremmel, feeling secure in his ship and needing his rest, heads to his cabin as he gives the ship over to one of the deckhands. I plotted the course. Hey, dickhead, take over here. I'm going to my bunk. I'll tell you, I've just been cooped up in prison for so long, I don't really even want to be in my cabin right now. Can I just walk? Uh, maybe I'll fall asleep on the bow or the stern. One of them nautical terms. Would you like us to tie you to the to the front of the ship like one of those ladies on pi pirate ships, Mr. Bingsley? <laughs> I'll hold you. Can we do a, uh, the king of the world kind of situation? I'd like to be, uh, I'll, all right, I could be, you be Jack. I'll be... I'll be the lady that uh, lets Jack drown. And as Grimmel, you finish Titanicking, Chud at the front of the boat. I'm the king he of the world. Begins to fall Sasta asleep Gaurian. in your arms as you gently lay him to rest down at the front of the boat and head to your cabin. Leaving, uh. Did you say you have someone that you wanted to leave in charge of the ship? Andre, you're in charge. Finally! And Andre goes and takes the helm of the ship as you all begin your rest. It's several hours later that you all are awoken 
by the sounds of splintering and smashed wood as you feel the ship begins to come under fire. Uh, you can hear Andre yelling from the front of the ship for help. Meet the quarters! All hands to battle stations. Get to the deck, you lazy dogs. Yeah, we under attack, y'all! I panic and run in all directions. Everyone begins heading to the deck. You guys are under fire from somewhere down this forest. An unknown force is attacking the ship with, believe possibly cannonballs or some sort of magical attacks from down below. It's at this point you guys know that the ship is going down. What are you all doing? Well, I'm, pre I'm preparing to cast spells, of course. Uh, I'm <laughs> rearranging deck chairs. Shuffleboard. <laughs> playing shuffleboard. Sorry, I had to. I had to. I had to. Uh, I guess a better question for you guys would be, are you guys doing anything not to let the ship go down or to try to keep it in flight or anything like that? Grandma uh, runs up to the helm and attempts trying to uh, to steer it in, uh, down in a, a safe a manner as possible. He's shouting directions. Uh, Grace yourself for impact. Yeah, and I, I would be trying to cast spells like, you know, flight or levitate or something shield, something to mitigate either the damage coming in or, or the, the ship going down if I can. Let's take care of Gremel's rules first. So this is where our dice rolls come in for the viewers. Uh, they have a pool of 10 d6 right now which represent the 10 candles they still have. If they roll a 6 on the d6 that means it automatically succeeds but if they roll a 1 on the dice that means that dice is taken out of their dice pool and means a failure. If they roll no sixes on the dice, that means the scene ends and a candle goes out. They will then restart the next scene or next part of this scenario within the next number down, which would then be nine dice in this case. So, Grimmel Stonebreaker, since you are trying to maintain the helm and keep it afloat, go ahead and roll me 10d6. Uh, looks like I rolled three sixes and two ones. Now that he's rolled two ones, Grimmel Stonebreaker can either choose to burn a virtue or a vice in order to re-roll those ones to keep them from going. But it could be too early in the game for him to do that. Uh, he may want to burn them later when times are at a more critical and could have more deadly consequences. So Grimmel Stonebreaker, will you choose to burn a vice or a virtue that you have? No, I will. I will stand. Now, uh, I may need to sacrifice a piece of myself later, but who knows? Uh, let it be so then. You are now down to eight dice in your dice pool. You, Grimmel Stonebreaker, are successfully able to keep the ship afloat, even if it's just for a short time. You're beginning to catch more wind into the, into the sails of the ship and keep it afloat, and you're still headed in the direction of Adbar, but don't know if the ship's going to make it there. You might possibly have to limp it the entire way to get there, but you're not sure if it's going to make it. Chud, it's at this time where you begin casting spells to try to save the ship. Go ahead and roll me 8d6. Alright, I rolled three sixes and two ones, it looks like. So, you have two ones. Would you like to burn a virtue or a vice yet, or...? No, so what happens if, if I do not burn them? I fail, basically? Uh, if you do not burn them, you, no, you still succeed because you rolled sixes, but you rolled two ones, so the dice pool will now go down to six dice. As opposed oh, to eight dice. I see. Let's see. Uh, 
Yeah, let me try to burn. Uh, I'll try to burn one of them, I guess. It is very early in the game. I will let you know that. Uh, you don't have to burn oh, it Oh, okay. I just didn't know if to. like we're going to need all the dice pool. The, the game is designed to be burning through dice. So you'll eventually oh. go back up to nine dice okay. once this candle's gone. But, I mean, you may want to save your vice or virtue to burn in a moment where it's more critical than this. Not that a ship isn't going down isn't critical, but your life may be directly in danger, like someone's chasing after you with a weapon or something like that, where you may want to keep it. I see. Okay. Well, then, I didn't realize that. Okay, then th then I don't want to burn anything now so early. Uh, like Damien, I'm just going to go with the success and, and uh, move on. All right, you guys are now down to six dice in your pool. What spells are you casting to help keep this ship afloat? Uh, I didn't think about that. I don't have my character Fireball. <laughs> you want me to just cast Fireball down there at the... At the <laughs> Should I do that? The, the yeah, Shipping McFloat... The Shipping McFloat spell. Ch Chud, you begin casting spells to help control the wind. Many druids have the spell Control Water, but you have chosen in your own brand the things to change things up, and you are now controlling the wind. You are pushing wind underneath the ship keeping it afloat, but it's at this point where you guys take another few cannonballs from the forest into the base of the ship. You're holding it, keeping it stable, but you're feeling it start to go down and down. You're most likely not going to clear this forest, but there is several different spots where you might be able to safely land. Malice and Kill, do you come out from your captain's quarters to assist, or Gonk Holskin, do you come out of your quarters to assist in any way? Absolutely. And you, me too. How are you guys assisting? What are you guys doing to help the situation? I'm going to man the sails and to see, you know, to go with the wind movements that Chud is nice directing. Can you go ahead and roll me 66 in order to see how successful you are at that. <clears throat> Callens would have lit the sails on fire, by the way. <laughs> I'll fire cannons at the sails. Yeah, really, right. the problem. <laughs> Cut down yeah. these sails. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, take down these sails. Take down these sails. Uh, that is one six, which is a success. You do not nice. lose any dice because you did not roll a one. So you quickly begin giving orders to all the rest of the deckhands. You grab a rope, swing over, begin lashing it down. Um, take this rope, dickhead. Pulling all the sails up, making sure they're taut and in the direction that the wind that Chud is sending into your sails is getting the best pull, the best force that's being driven into the ship, trying to get it to clear and stay afloat as long as possible. Gonk, at this time, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to uh, put an eye on the uh, arcane engines. I'm going to run below decks and make sure that uh, the crackling uh, stones that keep the, uh, the, the ship in the air are not getting damaged by cannon fire. It's like the equivalent of, I guess, uh, of like manning the bilge, I guess, and uh, trying to make sure that we don't take on too much ether or what have you. They're taking cannon fire through there, too, so. That's fine. You go down there, there's a massive hole in the bottom of the hole. I guess there's no other way to say that. And it, hit, it has hit the arcane engine. The arcane engine is smoking and leaking some sort of arcane fluid that, since you're a barbarian you don't have much experience with but you know it's bad what do you do well i immediately shout for the uh ship's carpenter slash engineer damage report uh yeah, yes sir how can i help damn it shithead you got a job down here too 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a job everywhere on the ship, sir. I'm, I'm here to help. How can I help? All right. It's Myrna. We need to uh, stem the flow of ether out of that uh, arcane engine. It's been uh, it's been damaged. Uh, and you say that it's like leaking. If I like uh, plug the hole with my shell and. Uh, tell shithead here to try and um, <laughs> you know uh, board up the, the name's the dickhead oh sorry dickhead I'm sorry <laughs> the name is dickhead <laughs> get it right it's dickhead you can try to do any number of things Caleb it's the dice that'll tell you whether you're successful or not alright very well <laughs> so some of your dickheads have said that this is a toxic workplace <laughs> <laughs> with a toxic culture you shitheads uh... <laughs> Ellen always referred to us as dickheads. I'm going to try and repair the, uh, the to stem the flow of damage out of the engine. Go ahead and roll me 6d6 and see how successful you are. You got it. No sixes, one zero, uh, one one rather. So, Caleb, you are now unsuccessful and fail a roll. You have a chance, if you want to burn one of your vir- virtues now, to re-roll that one one that you failed on to try to succeed again but it's entirely up to you we're very early on in the story okay uh no i'm so if i so i indulge my vice or i use my virtue is that the idea yes and that's just to re-roll that one one that you have to try to succeed on this uh check to fix the engine if you don't get a six it was for nothing you lose a candle anyway yeah i guess that that does sound like it's something of last resort. I am going to, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I won't do that. I'll abstain, and I'll just uh, suck at this one thing I wanted to do. And with that, a candle goes out. Oh dear. Gonk, as you and Dickhead go to fix the engine, you hear the incoming high-pitched whistle of another cannonball coming in. It's with that it comes in through the bottom of the ship and again pierces the arcane engine, causing a, a huge explosion where you're at. You quickly pick up Dickhead, turn your shell back to the engine, and you are exploded forward before losing consciousness in the hull of the ship. The rest of you, after this cannonball hits, you feel a huge explosion in the hull of the ship. The ship then immediately begins taking a nosedive straight down into the forest. You know that impact is coming soon. We're going down. We can't hold on no more. They can't carry us with my meager gusts. Brace yourselves. You all begin to brace yourself from for impact. And as the, the ship crashes in through the tree lines, you all black out as the ship impacts with the ground. So, all of you are in and out of consciousness for the next several hours. You all see glimpses of people in white robes and white dresses, shirts, pants, suspender types outfits. They're treating your wounds. They are putting you on gurneys and walking you through the forest. Uh, You guys are kind of opening your eyes every now and again, seeing these people taking care of you. Next thing you know, you're being walked on a gurney through the forest and finally several hours later you are woken up again when you are placed into a bed as they further begin to treat your wounds 
it's an unknown time after that. You all wake up in your own separate rooms. You don't have any of the gear on you that you had previously. Malison, you are in a long white dress. Gonk, you are in uh, a long white dress, tan pants, and a white. Sh- <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> You're all in long white dresses. You're in tan pants and a white flowy shirt. Same thing with you, Grimmel Stonebreaker, and you, Gonk Holskin. They couldn't find anything to fit around your massive shell, so they modified a robe. You are now currently wearing robes. You don't know where any of your equipment oh, are cool, or equipment is at this point, and you are all feeling whatever magic effects and magical capabilities you had before it whatever land you're on now you don't feel like you have access to those arcane or druidic things dang am i dead or alive i i don't know what's going on i'm wearing this puffy shirt uh, like a pirate and i don't feel any magic but we're all in separate little wooden hovels or huts uh, it it looks similar to your cabin. It just looks like a, a your own private individual bedroom at the moment. Well, Malison jumps up, realizes that she's got no weapons or shield, and starts shouting. What does Malison shout? Hello, where are my weapons? Where am I? Show yourself. It's the most calm shouting I've ever heard from the next room. Thank you. <laughs> she raises her voice, but not the emotion in the room. <laughs> it's at around this time where... You hear a slight knock on your door, Malison, since you begin shouting, and you see a teenage girl in a yellow dress enter the room. Well, well, hello there. What's with all the shouting there, miss? Who are you? Where am I? You're at the Grainstone Commune. We're we're here to help. We we saw your your big old dang sky ship fall out of that sky back there. Great occult. Uh, that That's kind of mean to say. Uh, we're not a cult. We're just a big family that, you know, we all have our beliefs. You know, I'm sure you believe in something, too. We just believe in our own God and our own ways. Well, take me to your leader. Well, Daddy won't be seeing anyone right now. He's been preparing something for the festival coming up. Oh, Jesus. These people haven't seen Midsummer. Uh, <clears throat> where are my comrades? Yeah, did we hear any of the shouting? Yeah, I tried to go out into the hallway. Yes, you all can hear Malison's initial shouting, and if you all choose to come into the hallway, or out into the hallway, uh, you will see a young female in a yellow dress in the entrance to a room, which you believe the direction of Malison's yelling was coming from, uh, having a conversation with Malison. Hey there, little Miss Sunshine. You work here? What happened to my magic? Where are we? Yeah, small Herman. Uh, where, where is our captain? I, I don't know who the captain of your all ship is, but your magic isn't working here because we don't believe in magic, so Daddy put some runes down all around the camp so people can't use no magic in here. Mm, your father's a buzzkill. Great, a cult. Were you the ones who shot down our dumb blasted ship? No, no, no. There's, there's a band of evildoers. I don't know who they are. I think there was some orcs out and about that were... We're taking some offense to things going on, and I think they might have done it. We kind of stayed to our own, and we kind of kept them away in our own private, individual way. So they shouldn't be bothering you here if you guys don't mind. Why should we mind? Hey, Captain, you doing all right now? Yeah, we look for uh, we look for Mel. Is she in? She's in her room still. 
she she can hear everything you guys are saying. That the this girl in the yellow dress is standing in the doorway to Melson's room. Well, look, we thank you for the medical attention and these nice white roby outfits, but I'm gonna need my magic back because I'm pretty darn useless without it. I got to talk to your daddy. Is what I'm saying. Please, could you page him or something? Well, he's preparing for tonight's festivities, so unfortunately, uh, gonna have to put a little bit of a hold on that. He will talk to you. I'm. Sh- he does. He said, "You let me know when those people from the ship wake up. They need to talk to me because we need to get some stuff done and make sure that we are helping them the way they need to be helped." Oh, all right. Maybe you could take us to them then, because uh, we just woke up. Uh, I-, I can certainly do that. Um, you all need to wash up first, and then we'll get you right over there. All right. I guess you noticed I'm filthy. That's fine. I'll, uh... We took the best care of you we could. I mean, we, you guys were in these bloody ratty clothes. Uh, we left them over by the ship and everything, and well, we just... Well, yeah, dressed, the outside dressed... world has something called violence and dirt. Br- Brother Charles and Brother Jimmy, they're over at the ship right now. They're repairing it. You had a big, a big giant friend, and he, he's helping them out fix the ship up. And also this little timid fellow. Uh, he said his name was Dickhead or something like that. Seemed awfully mean, but he's over at the ship too. He's They're all taken care of and trying to get it repaired for all y'all. Why would that be mean? That, that's his family name. Good old Dickhead protecting the ship. It's Dickhead yeah. the deckhand. That's just the way he was named. We can't help it. Gunner's mate, first class Philip Dickhead. So what's this Brother Jimmy stuff again? It's, that was I, I missed some of that. There's a lot of brothers. Y'all have a, a big family here. How many people are in this family? Oh, we have about, uh, shoot, with all the people that are here now, we have about 50 people in the family. Uh, mostly it's just uh, most of us females here, but there are some males here to help us out uh, with whatever we need help with. Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know a lot about you humans, but that sounds weird. Uh, but... Like I was saying, uh, you were asking about Brother Charles and Brother Jimmy. They're over at the ship with uh, that giant fellow and that dickhead fellow uh, making repairs and getting the ship back in working order for all y'all. Mm, maybe we should go check that out, y'all. What, Not a kind uh, of you. Where do, where do we wash up? In our in our little rooms here? Yeah, yes. There, there's little washing bowls that I can have the rest of the sisters bring it into you if you so desire. Um, but there should be washing cloths and things in there to clean up. If you need anything, just holler, and I'll be right here to help. Okay. <clears throat> I holler. <laughs> All right, Dion. I need my magic. That's one thing. Uh, just check on that, would you? All right. I wash up. You'll have to talk to Daddy about the magic. I will talk to your paterfamilias. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not calling him that. Let's get that out of the way now. What's wrong with calling him daddy? Who is he, by the way? Who is your daddy? He's he's the leader of our commune here. What's his name? Does he have a handle? What does he hey, do? What does he do? Thank you, yes. <laughs> Who is my daddy and what does he do? That is the line, yes. <laughs> you heard it correctly. <laughs> uh, he simply leads the commune. What are, you, what are you, a cop all of a sudden? <laughs> Cover's blown. You'll have to excuse us. We just got the shit blowed out of us, so our manners may be a little uh, untoward. Daddy takes care of us. He provides. He makes decisions for the commune for the greater good, and 
make sure that we don't all burn in hell. Oh, man, you had me until that part right there. All right, well, I guess, uh, are you going to come back? What's the story here? We're going to wash up, and then what do we go? We go down to the dining hall or something? You can all stand here and talk for a little bit, and I will be waiting out in the main uh, meeting area, wash up, uh, discuss what you need to discuss, and meet me out there when you all are ready. Okay, well, I for one... I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to wash my, my hands and face and my... And what do we call you, name? little sister? Oh, my name's Shelly. You can tell by the yellow dress. Uh, nobody else in this camp wears a yellow dress. Shelly with the yellow. All right. We're going to holler at you in just a minute. We'll be right back once we rinse. I can't wait. All right. I have to do my toilette. Well, Captain, we just found ourselves in the midst of the friendliest little sacrificial cult you ever did see. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, why was you yelling a minute ago? I've been stripped of my weapons. I was wearing a dress. Very disturbing. That is unusual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it either. But uh, I was wearing a dress, and I've been stripped of that. Now all I got is this dang pirate shirt. Yeah. I was wearing undergarments when we crashed, and now I'm not, which tells me that they saw the full Monty, the full Gremel. You've gone commando. Uh, well, he was a commando before, wasn't he? In the uh, December. Are we going to try to escape, y'all? What are we going to do yeah, here? Yeah, I think we should try to go back to the ship. I'm useless without my magic. Let's, let's, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. all right. See what I'm is left that. of the ship. Uh, salvage our crew. Okay, let's wash up real quick. I is guess. there anything we can, uh, anything we see around this compound sneaking around? If there's anything we can take to help repair the ship? Nothing in this area here. You guys are in a, like, bedroom, living area type place at the moment. There are a few windows that kind of look out from the bedrooms. You can see several people walking around the camp. Uh, people chopping down trees off in the distance. Uh, but several females are walking around. Could appears they are doing chores, maybe getting uh, food ready to cook, washing laundry, things of that nature. Nobody seems to be paying attention for us. to us. Let's just act natural and walk out. All right. Well, first, I searched my uh, cell real good uh, because, you know, I spent a lot of time in prison just uh, lately, and I'm, I'm just trying to find anything that I could use as a makeshift weapon in case we get into a, a <laughs> skirmish because I got no other abilities, really, and I, but I need a shiv is what I'm saying. Is there a toothbrush or uh, any other... Items, pencils, pens, uh, so, a yeah, something, something in this room that I have access to. Why don't you roll and see how that works out for you? Okay, is it a sixty-six, or are we back to the no, top? You are, it ain't been working out, out too great. You have nine candles now, so now you're at nine d six. Mm. Oh, it goes down gotcha. one each time. Gotcha. Well, I rolled one six, and I rolled two ones. See, we learned the rules by losing. That's that's our ammo. So you are successfully going to be able to find something that you can whittle down into some sort of shiv. Uh, with the 10 to 15 minutes you have before uh, Shelly starts becoming suspicious, uh, you did roll 1d6 and 2d1, so you're going to lose two dice unless you decide to burn a virtue or a vice on this. Well, I think since we've got a success and uh, we're going to have 76 remaining, I think I'll 
not burn anything right now. Yeah, let's save it. You is a precious resource. What kind of weapon did I find? Uh, you found a tooth- toothbrush that was in the room that uh, seems like it was partially uh, whittled down a little bit into a shiv already. So quickly enough, you're able to whittle that down and kind of secrete it wherever you want to do it in your pants and your clothes and your shirt. All right, you y'all. Well, <clears throat> looks like I got a tool here that could also be used for personal hygiene. <laughs> Ooh, I think oh, that ship has sailed. That may be your opinion. So, all of you, are you <laughs> all right, going yeah. out the front door? How are you leaving this place? I know you guys said you wanted to casually walk out, but how are you doing that? Right. Do we know what direction the ship is in from where we are? Do we have any idea? You have where? no idea where you are mm. or how far away the ship is. Uh, I ain't scared. I'm going to go out there. the front door. You got, and if you guys want to go out the other way, I'll cover for you. Well, I say we stick After together, you, Mr. But, uh So I. That sounds like I'll, a better idea. With, Forget what I just said. I mean, I don't know any other exits, so I'd be just wandering around uh, aimlessly in a this weird cult place. This is no, there is no exit. This is a Kafka-esque nightmare. Yeah, who is going to stop uh, Gonk, Malison, and the rest of us? There, there's. We're confident in who we are. I say we just walk out like All we right. run the place. Let me just mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. keister stash this toothbrush. Let's do it. Ouch. So I take that means you're all walking out the front door, correct? Yes. In slow motion, please. As you all somehow badassly in your white little uniforms come together and walk out the to the lobby area where Shelly is waiting in your reservoir dogish type walking stance and head towards the front door. faster. Shelly walks in front of you. Where do y'all think you're all going? Oh, it's we're looking for your daddy. We heard he was out this way. Well, yeah, yeah, he is out that way. Um, would you like me to take you to him? Yes, but first, can we go by the ship real quick and make sure it's all intact? Oh, the, the ship is about five to seven days travel away. Gonk, like, literally does, like, a cartoonish double take. You're all lucky that we had a, a group out on an excavation trip that were going to go look and hunt for food. That, that they came upon you when they did. They were only about a half days out when they found you. You were all unconscious, bloody, laying on the ground. Well. All right, well, se- seven days. Yeah, we we'll start it now. Well, it's been, it's been lovely. Thank you for the hospitality. Just better go check out that ship, though, real quick. I know it might take a yeah. week, but if you could point us in the right direction, we'll uh, get to stepping. No, y'all need to stay for the festival, all the festivities. That's what this whole whole thing is. We're having you all here, to, and we're celebrating. Well, we're not really a religious bunch. We're kind of unaffiliated right now. So, Yeah, what kind of oh, festival are we talking about? Like Lord. throwing darts, fry bread, that kind yeah. of thing? Cornhole. So what are you celebrating? <laughs> we're celebrating the joyous life that we saved everybody's life here, and we got new people in the, t- in the town. Mm, yeah, we're not your new people. Where's the ship? Uh, the, like I said, the ship's seven days away. Uh, if you want to talk... Which I, direction? I don't, know. I don't know where they all went. I I simply stay here in the village most of the time. I've been assigned here to help y'all out. Now, Shelly, you gotta do better than that. 
I mean, you can't hold us here against our will. If you're going to help us out, you got to point us in the right direction. Like I said. Hold on, hold on, guys. This smells like a mystery. I got to solve this thing. All right, we already... He pulls out a little, uh, a tiny, like, singed and stained uh, notebook out oh, of his no. shell. He's like, okay. Uh, we asked the name. Okay. Where's your daddy? Is he What's rich? He is he... Right. We've determined that he is rich like us, right. right? I mean, that he's dirt poor. <laughs> also, it is not a tumor. Uh, you did not ask his wealth or anything like that, if that's... Oh, oh, I beg your pop. Shelly, you can take us to your father right now, or we'll go find him oh, ourselves. Oh, yeah, that's where I was going to take y'all anyway. Let's go. Let's go to Shelly's daddy's place. As you all begin following Shelly, she leads you out the front door of this residential home uh, and towards a great, big, uh, two-story manor that's in the center of this compad. Like I said, people are hustling, bustling all around you, seem to be doing tasks. People seem to be getting ready for some sort of large feast. And uh, several of the women are running around, seem to be doing errands like you could see from your window before. As Shelly takes you into this big two-story mansion, she asks you to wait into the main foyer area for her to go get daddy for you. Y'all just wait right here. I'll be right back with Daddy, okay? Does he make you call him that? So we're in a court, an open courtyard, basically? Uh, it's it's like a foyer area, like an entryway to a house. Uh, she goes. There's like a double staircase that's directly in front of you. She goes up the left side of that staircase uh, to get all the way up to the top, to the second floor. Uh, you see her. She goes into uh, a hallway off to the left, and you can hear kind of slight murmuring as she's discussing with someone in that room. This is our chance to go. We could ghost her. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, I say we uh, make a break for it. Mm, I'm in. All right. I'm with you, fellas. <laughs> yeah, let's bail. They're going to eat us, y'all. I really have a feeling that we're the feast. I just, I got a bad, real bad feeling about this, and I think we should just... Well, I mean, Shelly said she went out looking for food and she came back with I us. I know, it's just, it's not good. And, What's uh, this book, How to Serve Humans? Yeah, I know, this is the beginning of every, <laughs> That's a racist every Bugs bug. Bunny episode starts like this. Uh, when we look out on the horizon, do we see any smoke rising? Is there any indication of which direction the ship might be at all? Uh, there is, there is not. It's surrounded by trees. You do, however, notice a few set of larger trees off to the north side of the camp. Uh, they are appear to be dead, but they are way taller and way bigger than any other tree in this encampment. That sounds intriguing. Should we head that way? It's a big old tree. I think uh, those trees know something. Yeah, let's 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 get the hell away. I don't want her coming back and realizing we ghost her. I'm not ready to meet her daddy. Hmm. Which direction do you want to head, group? You want to head toward the giant dead tree that could be uh, some sort of culty, yeah. weird central tenet for this yeah, that's, I say we go that way I don't want to talk to daddy you talk to a cult leader next thing you know you're drinking Kool-Aid and sacrificing yourself alright let's pick a direction and head there yeah if nothing else we can ask them trees if they've got any clues for us he says tapping his little notebook are you all trying to be sneaky uh, about this? are we? I don't know I think we're just running 
Or are you just doing it? You're, so you're just letting yourself be known that you're running through this. Oh, do you think we should just walk nonchalantly? We'll walk. We'll, yeah, we'll walk quickly. Let's just walk. Well, it's up to you guys what you want to do, but obviously choices have consequences. Do, okay. Now, I, dead tree? I assume, it's dead tree Joe, o'clock, that the, ladies and gentlemen. The, the, there's no tree line close to us. We would be running through the middle of an encampment to get to any cover of any trees, correct? Correct. Then I think we should just walk nonchalantly to the dead tree. Grab our assholes while walking. I whistle. <clears throat> while we walk. Act natural, act natural. I, I hold my... Uh, my neck at a funny angle, like, and uh, claw my hands and, and walk on my hip As you guys begin to leave without waiting for Shelly or Daddy, I need one of you, uh, whoever you want to be, uh, to roll 7d6 for me to see if you are able to successfully leave before Shelly comes back. Uh, who's our best roller here? I think Damien maybe because I didn't roll anyone. <laughs> yeah, Listen, Damien we're, definitely. We're used to hating the dungeon master, so if he fucks us up, I could be <laughs> I could be due, but uh, I didn't roll any ones yeah. last time. But uh, uh, Malison, uh, AG. Yeah. That's not roll. that's no, not how statistics it. work. But okay, yeah, uh, seven, seven, <laughs> seventy-six. Yes, yeah. seventy-six. Uh, blamed when it goes to shit. I'm going to go ahead and take the success and not ah. uh, burn a vir- virtue or a vice. Right. So you have two sixes and one one. Uh, that is going to burn one of your dice. You're now down to six out of nine. Uh, you guys are able to quickly come to this decision a lot quicker than you did in real life. Uh, <laughs> come to this decision and exit the manor. And begin to head northward towards the large trees you saw prior to entering the manor where daddy stays so as you guys continue to walk towards this tree you see people kind of look at you they wave they give you um little somber nods towards you and just acknowledge that you guys are in the camp and i i try to say like brother sister festival time and they all wave at you, acknowledge you as brothers and sisters. Uh, one of them goes, "Oh yes, the festival. We can't wait till tonight. We can't wait." Me neither. I forget what were we? What what's happening tonight at tonight's festival again? There was an itinerary, but I, I forgot. Uh, remind me one time, brother, sister. Yeah, we was left off the calendar. We all the ceremony's about to start right now, over at the tree, and then we have, uh, of course, the feast. Um, and that's all done tonight. And in the morning, we have the big hunt. The big, big hunt. hunt. Now, what do y'all? What do y'all hunt? <laughs> oh, I'm not allowed to partake. I don't even know what they. Oh, dang it! I know they're going to be all, hunting us. I'm sure of it. Mm-mm. Y'all. All the men in the camp have a big hunt. I ask you. You know, here's my real question, <laughs> brother, sister. Um, big Daddy mentioned the uh, direction toward the exit to this little village was that away but was he right is it that way that's the way right for us to go if we just want to he told us we got to go outside first get a breath of fresh air and uh see our ship which is right outside there being repaired and then come back and go to the festival you are outside brother this is the lord's land the lord that the land that daddy built the land that daddy provides and the land that daddy will keep us safe from going to hell where's the edge of daddy's reach where's the sort of borderland to a non-daddy uh, Something non-affiliated with Daddy. 
There is no end to daddy's reach. Something un yeah, un daddyish. Not fathering. I was born and raised here. Everything is within daddy's reach. You daddy was born knows and raised daddy here. Daddy knows best. Daddy. Oh, got a long arm. So there's no borderland. There's no this other. This human that we're talking to, are they like old and I mean they're middle aged or are they teenagers? Are all ra- ages represented? This young lady is dressed in a blue dress and she is a teenager as well. I want to apologize for calling you brother sister. I realize now that was wrong. But uh, let me ask you, do you have any neighboring lands like some other people that you sometimes deal with that are outside of the daddy land? You know who would be a great person to answer all these questions? Daddy. Daddy. Be daddy. You, wanna, oh. you wanna come talk to daddy? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do I can, that. I can run over and holler. No, for you, you know what? I'm She takes off oh, running for towards Christ the mansion sake, to go. Everybody get daddy. trying to get daddy. Let's nice going, let's chill. mosey, guys. Let's mosey. Keep going. Not toward that tree Heck though. Yeah. That don't sound right. I think we gotta go any direction but the big tree. I thought we was gonna interview the trees because they looked suspicious. I'm gonna try. I'm, my personally, I say we try to escape. We let's go. I'm with let's you. Run, this yeah, let's me run. Let's uh, run toward the North Star. Opposite, Any direction op- away from, from the tree. Into the woods. Away, away from, from the tree. Away from the tree. Yeah. I'm with you. Let's run away yeah. from the tree. All right. Well, we we get to bailing. We. And I, I think it's time to use some speed now because we get there. She's running to get Daddy. We can't do nonchalantly whistling Dixie through these parts. So I think we got to sprint. As fast as my dwarven legs will carry me. I'm charging. Uh, who's leading this run? I would imagine well, Gonk is well, the fastest. Definitely Gonk is. Is Gonk the fastest? He's a turtle. I am a charger. I can do four, speed of 45 if I wish. Ooh, wow. Well, you should roll for that then. Then Gonk, go ahead and lead the charge. You are first to take off running and leading the pack. Go ahead and give me Follow me. I know the way out of the, under these here trees. Follow the turtle. Portal, whatever. Ah, uh, let's see here. So 66. Uh, once again, I have rolled one six and two ones. Would you like to burn a virtue or a vice in order to save those two ones from disappearing from your pole? I'm going to burn a vice. I'm going to say that my indecisiveness... You know, makes me a little bit uh, faster on my feet, but I might actually be a little uh, easier for me to to turn if something turns uh, in a little bit uh, dangerous while I'm running. Go ahead and roll two d6. One and a five. So you're going to lose one of those dice anyway, but you saved one of your dice. But as you make this decision, you feel this is the first time that you decided something in a long time. This is your decision. This is Gonk Holskin making the decision to run and save all his friends. This is him overcoming his vice. He's now made a decisive action, and he's going to lead for once. I have leadership potential. And with that, that part of you disappears. Everybody follow Gonk. He's extremely decisive. (laughs) End of the woods, y'all. Gonk begins taking off into the woods, followed by the rest of the party. You get about a hundred yards away from the encampment into the into the tree line. Uh, it's at that point you have a wild thicket in front of you. There are razor sharp thorns sticking out from many parts of of the bush. It seems to go on for miles and miles each direction. Uh, 
as you're looking at it. Well, dang! I guess I'm gonna try to hack through this thicket with my toothbrush. Somehow, somehow I don't think it's gonna work, but uh, look, it, it, it appears this thicket goes on for miles in either direction. Uh, you think there's a break in it at some point? Should we? How high is the thicket, by the way? Can we can we leap over it? Uh, the thicket is about eight to ten feet high in different areas. You, as you're looking at it, it seems like it goes on for forty to fifty yards. Uh, if you're trying to push your way straight through it, I suppose we could walk along the tree line for a ways to see if there's a way through. But I feel like we're stuck. Looks like this wasn't such a great idea. All right, Plan B: we kill everybody in this camp. Mm, might might have to be the way. It's gonna be a bloody toothbrush day, y'all. Can I grab any of this thickety thorn shit to use as a weapon? You can certainly try. Go ahead and roll me 5d6. Be careful when handling the thickety thorns. Maybe if we just kill Daddy, then we won't have to kill the rest. Yeah, that's probably you true. You rolled... She got a 6. You rolled 1, 6, and 1, 1. So you are successful... Uh, but there is a dice that is going to be lost unless you choose to burn a virtue or a vice. Mm, burn the die. You guys are now down to four die for this candle. As you reach in, you're able to break apart a long, approximately five-foot piece of branch from this thicket. It is razor-sharp and has vines all over it. Um, and you feel like you could wield this as an effective weapon. <laughs> uh, you cut a switch, Malison. Excellent. We'll need that when we go handle this daddy. Let's, do Let's go spank daddy. Okay. If you remember Let's from prison, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> I'm at the driver's seat now. <laughs> okay. I'm a switch. Well, Get it? Oh, gross. <laughs> um, so are we going to run directly back towards that, uh, towards the house? Or should we run along thicket? Uh, this... I vote for perimeter you know, in case there's an opening and somebody, an opening. daddy or yeah. some child will find us sooner or later or we'll end up at the tree. One of the things will happen. Perimeter it is. So my th- vote would be to stay together rather than to like split off in different directions. So I say we just run, you know, that, let's run this away. Yeah. yeah everybody so listen uh, to the magic. Double time, music. quick pace mm-hmm. along the tree line. Yes. Follow the man wielding. A toothbrush like a wand. And I head off. So, you... Basically, you're staring straight at this thicket. Do you choose to go left or right as you're facing the thicket? Uh, can I roll for that? Uh, yeah, you can roll whatever you want to roll to determine what direction you want to run. No, don't don't burn any more dice. Um, <laughs> well, whatever whatever dice you need to do to make a decision, just make a decision. I go roll gonna... left. This way, boys. And Malison. Yeah, I go left. 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 As you go left, you stay to your, the thicket is off to your right-hand side. You're pushing it and pushing the border and seeing where this thing goes. It's about after 20 to 30 minutes, you guys are now headed back northward, that you run into a swamp. You can see that it, the swamp goes on for a few miles um, out past the thicket, off to more northward, and it leads all the way back into the edge of the camp. You can, however, see the base of those three large trees that um, you were initially headed towards until you heard about the rituals. There seem to be a several elderly females all around the base of the trees. Uh, they appear to be doing prayers up towards those three large trees. Howdy, ladies. Uh, are y'all praying to these trees? 
Oh, I didn't mean to make it seem like they were close to you. They are on the other side of the swamp. So then I just say uh, you'd have to. I just I say said, that to myself then. <laughs> well, howdy, ladies. <laughs> are you playing praying to the tree? You have to go out and around back into the camp and then to make it back over to where these ladies are at. And that's the only way we can go unless we slog through a swamp, basically? Yes. I hate swamps. I say, uh... Let's just go where we can. <laughs> we go We go the way that... Uh, the easiest way over to talk to these ladies, I think. Ladies! Ladies! So you're going back into the camp and then walking around to go back to the camp... Uh, to the trees where you were initially headed to. Unless anyone has any other ideas. Is, she, uh, is no. it shorter another way to go right across the swamp and then we'd have to fucking get leeches on us or some nasty shit? I feel I like we, we have a torch. I feel like we can't escape at this moment. I think we're going to yeah. either have to speak to Daddy or and I, God, I hate this. Can we call him something like Bob or something? Or Speak to Father. We're going to have to These trees uh, go have a to lot the ceremony to answer or for. the trees or some this shit. So I think we. Well, let's see if we can get any information out of the tree ladies, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe that'll help us. You know. Deal. I'm so yeah, for that. I guess let's do that. So we walk around back and try to navigate our way over to the uh, tree ladies and uh, address them in a friendly way. Uh, you see, all of these ladies are wearing white robes uh, obviously female size but very similar to the one that Gonk is wearing they're all kneeling down and bane and praying at the base of these trees uh, one person stands out from the rest of them there is a young adult approximately a 22 to 23 year old female she's wearing a red dress and kind of standing back behind them watching what's going on are they turtles? Uh, they are not turtles. They are just wearing uh, white robes similar to Gonk. Okay. But gotcha. no, they just look very fetching, which is ex- explains why you'd think they were turtles. Nah, man. Th- everybody in here is like 23 years old or younger. It's like friggin' Twin Peaks up in here. Yeah, I bet you that red dress is, is related to Shelly. I bet all of Daddy's daughters are color-coded. That's my, that's my new creepy culty theory here. Um... I wish we could address those other tree ladies, though. I guess we approach them and try to communicate with them and see uh, see what we can learn. Hail, uh, sisters, and well met. Are you talking to the ladies that are in prayer or to the female in the red dress? Uh, I'm talking to the ladies in prayer. Uh, the female in the red dress walks over to you and pulls out a knife from behind her back. Oh, you shut the fuck up right now. They're in the middle of a ritual. I'll have some goddamn respect around here when you address them. Well, damn, sister. Uh, watch it with that there knife. Uh, the name's Bingsley, comma, Chud. And your handle is, uh, what? Scarlet? It's nice to meet you. What's your name, honey? They call me Ruby, pussy breath. And Ruby pussy breath. You. That's a no. I called you a pussy breath. You want to press the luck? I'll press a knife up against your throat right Good now. Lord, Ruby pussy breath. Put the knife away, lass. You don't know who you're messing with. You're messing with Grimmel Stonebreaker, Malice and Kale, Gonk Holskent, and the Magicless Wizard. Yeah, my name's Bangs Lakamacha. I don't give a fuck who y'all dealing with. I'm here. I'm in charge of protecting this ritual as it goes on. You will either shut the fuck up, or you'll become part of it. 
So we're not currently part of the ritual. That's good. I choose shut the fuck up. You might as well be part of the ritual there, my bearded little fuck friend. <laughs> now, let the ladies do what they have to do. You're more than welcome to watch, but you will not be talking to them and interrupting the ritual. All right, can we just whisper off to the sack and I talk to you and ask you a couple questions about this here uh, ritual? Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. They, they never give me the smart ones, Lord. They never. Why does Daddy always send me the stupid ones? Yeah, you can ask me whatever you want to ask me. Well, Daddy, yeah, Daddy, uh, we, we don't. Daddy, what? Dad, 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 daddy, 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 uh huh. Uh huh. Can I I'm punch this guy? Right? Anybody Can else I hit this ideas? guy with my sharp stick? Please roll. You have four d6 to roll to hit her with your sharp stick. I love it. Way to step up, Malison. I love it. <laughs> because fuck me, man. That's, That's a Goliath move. I was. I wanted to tackle her. Oh, but, it's um, a fail. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and burn a virtue here to re-roll that one. Maybe I'll get a six. What do you guys think? So, are you going to burn your vice or your virtue? Uh, my 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 vice, which is rosé. Tell me what what about your vice uh, fuel fuels you in order to get a second chance on She's this. Drunk. Well, I haven't had a glass of nice rosé <laughs> since we crashed, and I'm cranky. Yeah. Rosé is your Snickers. That, that is perfect. Fueled by the power of the lack of rosé. <laughs> Go ahead and roll that D6 again. Just one, right? Turn into a Just real malison when you don't drink. Ah, uh, I failed. Failed anyway. Unfortunate. Tragic, even. As you <laughs> pick up this... As you pick up this stick and swing it towards Ruby, she sees it coming. She definitely jumps out of the way and you suddenly feel sharp steel into your stomach. It's as you begin to pass out from the blood loss that you wonder, was this a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) This was a Um. terrible idea. (laughs) And with that, a candle burns out. You guys all see this happen in front of you. My lord! Uh, Do you do anything? (coughs) Uh, while she has the blade, as soon as she has the blade buried in Malison's stomach or or wherever, I think Gremel's throwing a haymaker. Uh, he's protective, and he still thinks he's a level twenty paladin. Uh, as you're about to go and throw this haymaker, you hear a shotgun blast from behind you. God damn it, Ruby! That's the last goddamn time you k- try to kill one of our guests. Everyone get her get her shit, get her together. She's not ruining the ceremony. Bring her back to the the hut and make sure she stays alive. I'm not dead. We got <laughs> You're not dead yet there, sister. And, and as Malison begins it to was, pass it, out was on the it, <laughs> it was worth it then. It was <laughs> You guys are all stunned in place and see that Daddy has this weapon that you've all heard of and from town to town. You've heard of gunslingers around. It seems that he has one of these uh, firearms as well. You know that these cannons are usually that were used to shoot down your ship. They can make smaller, more compact versions of it, and he seems to have one. Dang, we're outgunned, y'all. are frozen in place. And you all are led back to the main mansion with Daddy as Malison is also headed back there where she can be treated for her wounds. So you're, uh... You're the famous daddy then, huh? Yeah, that would be me and this would be my my compound that you're at, yes. 
So, uh, why are you holding us here? And why'd you shoot down our ship? And why should we not be beating you to death right now? Wow, you're making an awful lot of allegations for something that you have no proof of and that I for sure as hell did not do. I brought you all here out of the kindness of my heart to help you out when we found your ship torn asunder and down on the ground about five days outside our town. Hmm. Yes, all right. But since we've been here, we've had our all of our gear taken away, all of our powers and our magic taken away, and we've been forced to, I don't know, meet you and get threatened by weapons and people with knives and guns. And I mean, it's been a, not the best experience as far as uh, if I was going to yelp this as a bed and breakfast or some sort of an Airbnb situation. Well, I'd like to apologize about the magic. That is something that I do to keep outsiders away from here from destroying our village. As you can see, it's primarily run by by women. There are some males around to help from time to time with different things, but uh, we are primarily a, a female village, and all of my daughters are here. I do not people want people casting spells and taking advantage of the people that are here. As far as your equipment, I apologize that my teenage daughters could not carry you and all your equipment from your destroyed ship. I was assured that everything was left in the hands of a very capable giant and a very uncapable little pissant of a boy. So that is your crew. That is your people to deal with. I have people out uh, there. His name, two main males his out. name is Dickhead, not Pissant. It's Dickhead the Deckhand and... Uh, Pissant is his middle name, but I don't know how you would know that. He was promoted to dickhead. Lucky guess, I suppose. The man rolls high. Well, I apologize then. I apologize for mispronouncing his name or getting it completely wrong. All right, perhaps let's say it has all been a misunderstanding. Then can you tell me, can we leave? Can we go back to our ship? Can we have our magic back? You, your magic will essentially come back to you as soon as you leave the area of this compound. As far as getting you back to the ship, I have no people to spare to get you back there. It is a treacherous, horrible jungle place filled of many evil demons and spirits out in the forest. I do not want you to be taken advantage of them, but I can take you back in the morning after the Great Hunt. Mm. Are you hunting us during the Great Hunt? That's really... <laughs> yeah, I just brought it out there. Just to, yeah, just let us know. Level with us. Just between daddy. us. Senior daddy. Padre, are you hunting us? Is that what the plan is? Are we your guests, a.k.a. Uh, prey? You, most likely, if we can find people that are of a higher quality, all, yes, we'll be I knew it. Dang it, I knew it all along. Hunt. Oh, I, got, I try to stab him with my toothbrush. It's nobody picked up my long, sharp branch when I dropped it. Gremel keistered it. He didn't tell anybody, but it's... You keistered a six-foot sharp wooden stick? Uh, Daddy Daddy was there with a shotgun, so no... <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, go ahead and roll me... <laughs> roll me 8d6 there, Chud. Okay, I rolled one six and two ones. Do you want to keep those ones? Uh, sure. I, I will, uh... Let's see. So my virtue is being generous because really material goods and things don't matter to furbogs really. And uh, I usually am happy to give up my 
portion of the the fortune and that sort of thing. I'm uh, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna give that up and and go be selfish here and say I just can't take being hunted by this asshole. And uh, I was gonna give my shiv to someone without a weapon, but I've decided to use it myself right now and try to take him out. Holy shit, Chud's gangster. Yeah, I try to use all of my prison knowledge, and I try to take out this goon with the shotgun while distracting him with my dulcet voice. Well, sir, I think that's just a shame that you're going to hunt. Ah, and I stab away! The shiv lands directly in his shoulder right above his heart as he stands there motionless and just stares you in the eyes. Uh, go ahead and roll those additional 2d6 since you're burning your generous trait. I rolled a one and a five. You still lose one of your dice, but it only costs you your generosity. Yes. I ain't generous no more. I try to stab him again in the heart. Well, Daddy takes control of your wrist and holds you as you feel a knife in your back uh, as a young female in a red dress is now standing behind you. Damn you, Scarlet! She doesn't stab the blade into you. She just holds it there. The lady in red! Oh, dang it. No, I guess not. I guess you got me dead to rights. Yeah, you and your dang daughters. I should have known this dang Halloween episode was gonna go against me. I'll handle this one. And he throws himself to try to tackle the girl in the red dress. Okay, go ahead and roll me 7d6. Two ones and one six. And I will sacrifice, we'll say my hubris. I think I'm invincible and will survive any battle. Easy enough as you focus on your hubris that you cannot be hurt in battle. You tackle this young lady with a knife and you both go flying to the ground. As you still roll another one, losing one of the dice, you guys are now down to six on the eighth candle. And all it cost you was your hubris as you began to save Chud's life and roll around with this girl on the floor. Keep stabbing that cult leader, Chudsley. I'll handle this lass. Yeah, I try to make another attempt at his heart or his throat. Malison, as you hear this loud thud on the ground next to you, you're able to open up your eyes and see what's going on. You have a large laceration and pain to your stomach. Gonk, what are you doing? Gonk is going to clutch Daddy's neck with his giant razor-sharp turtle claws. <laughs> and just barely hanging on to his shit, he's going to stare his reptilian little eyes into uh, Daddy's skull and say, If you wish to continue breathing, you will let us go now. Uh, go ahead and roll me 6d6. I rolled 1 6 and 1 1. Would you like to burn another part of you to re-roll that 1 to try to save that dice from being lost? Or are you happy with your success? 5 dice. Alright, you guys are now down to 5 die. As you reach forward and grab on to Daddy's throat, he looks at you. Do you think somehow that I'm the one who started this violence, that I'm trying to do anything to you right now? I'm giving you the fighting chance to get out of here. You're more than welcome to yell in my face all you want, but you think if me and Ruby here don't walk out that door, that you have any chance of living? I peek out the door. Are, do we get a chance? Do we get an impression that there are a lot of cultists in this encampment? There is about. Ten men standing outside surrounding the front of the building as you just turn back and look out one of the front windows. 
and they just appear to be waiting to see what's going on. They all appear to maybe have heard the gunshot from Daddy and are just waiting for this meeting to get out and see what's going to happen. Well, you had one chance to get out of here with your head not popped like a zit. I reckon that might have been it. I finish a master gonk. Gonk, looking down at Malson's bleeding body, he just starts to squeeze. Go ahead and roll me 5d6. Once again, 6 and a 1. You are going to be successful in doing what you're doing, but you're obviously going to lose a die doing it. Would you like to try to save it, that die, with your protectiveness, or just lose the die? Sure. I'll save it by sacrificing my protectiveness. Something snaps inside Gonk. And he believes that he's doing this to protect his friends, to protect his captain. But the harder he squeezes, he feels his claws penetrating skin and flesh. And um, suddenly that virtue doesn't exist anymore. He's doing this because he wants to see what happens when his fingers can feel his fingers again. When there's nothing in between them. With that, you are no longer protective. You feel like you've just doomed all of your friends to death by killing the one man who could have stopped it from happening. And that part of you burns away. Go ahead and roll me 1d6 to see if you lose that die or not. I rolled a 4. And the die burns away just how your protectiveness did. But with that, you feel a little bit of pride and happiness in yourself as your fingers do end up reaching each other again as you feel daddy's neck snap in your hands. Ruby, unfortunately, also sees and hears this as she's wrestling on the floor with Grimmel on top of her and lets out a loud, ear-piercing scream. With that, you hear several footsteps approaching the front doors to this mansion and hear the sounds of guns cocking as they come in. Grimmel, you're wrestling on the ground with this girl. What are you trying to do with her? Grimmel is still a paladin, and even though this, this girl is evil and daddy's dead, he's I don't think he's ready to use lethal force yet, so uh, if he's stronger than her, I, I want to like have her arms appear and try to use his dwarven, strong, thick dwarven skull to try to headbutt her unconscious. Go ahead and roll me 46. Stay still, lass. Your father had to go. Uh, n- nothing. So, <laughs> uh, I rolled four twos. Whoa! Yahtzee. I believe that is a Yahtzee. Wow. As you do this, you go to headbutt her. She dodges out of the way. You slam your face onto the floor where she had moved. Bollocks. And that's the last word you say before you lose consciousness <laughs> on the ground. Good night. Next to Malice and Kill. And with that, a candle burns away. I'm, I'm more concerned about how stupid I looked slamming my face into the floor. The intent was clear. (laughs) So just because we're in the middle of an intense scene right now, your your dice are now back set to seven and your candles are set to seven. Malice and Kill, are you doing anything while you're laying on the ground there? Am I able to do anything? You are bleeding from the stomach profusely. It seems the people who were going to take care of you was probably going to be Ruby. She now has a dwarf, an unconscious dwarf on top of her. As she's laying on the ground, she's trying to get up. Anything that you do, you have to keep in mind that you are bleeding very heavily from the stomach. I guess I, I guess I put put pressure on the wound. I mean, Daddy's dead. Ruby's screaming. Shotguns are cocking. Yes, they, you feel a storm of people about to enter this building. 
Uh, best I can do is is with one hand try to stop the bleeding, and with the other make sure I've got my thorny stick weapon. <laughs> your, your sharp stick. Yeah. <laughs> that, unfortunately, Daddy and Ruby would not allow to bring with you since you just tried to kill Ruby with it. You are able to treat yourself. Go ahead and roll 7d6 for me. Woo! Two sixes, no ones. Very successful. You were able to find some gauze and item, medical items on the ground that you, that Ruby was bringing into the place with her and begin treating yourself. You pull yourself up. Yeah, take a, the hem of my beautiful dress. You rip off part of Gonk's robes and begin patching yourself up and stopping the bleeding. <laughs> this injury is probably going to affect you in the future, but you're not going to die for now. So Captain Mallison, as you lay there on the ground, patching yourself up, you can see your crew, Grimmel Stonebreaker, pass that on the ground, Gonk Holskin with the throat of Daddy in his hands as his lifeless corpse falls to the ground, and Chud Bingsley making a break for the gun as you feel a swarm of men with firearms about to enter this building. And that'll be the end of this episode, and we'll pick it up from there next time on Awful Neutral. That's so good. Thank you, Joe. Uh, so fun. This suspense. is so cool. Scary story. Allison, thank you for joining us. Do you have anything to plug? Just the same old things. At Muller, she wrote, at Allison Gill. I am no longer working for the government, so I don't have to worry about the Hatch Act. So you can follow me personally now on Twitter. At Allison Gill, two L's in Allison, two L's in Gill. And of course, at Muller, she wrote, and at Daily Beans Pod. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Appreciate it. Jesse Egan, thank you for joining us. you have anything to plug? Thank you, Joe. Just my special, if you want to see my comedy special, it's called That's the Spirit, and you can see it on drybarcomedy.com. And uh, thanks for a great adventure today. It was scary and fun. Good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Caleb Cleveland, do you have anything to plug? No, not really. Uh, just come by and see me at uh, on Twitch at Caleb is Drawing. It's, that's my, uh, my handle on there, and on all friendly neighborhood social medias. Caleb, I've been following you on Twitch. Is, do you have a regular streaming schedule, or is it just uh, whenever you get the mood to draw? I have not been on there uh, of late of the last month, but normally I'm there on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 4, between you know, 4 and uh, 5.15 or so. Sounds great. So at least for an hour and a half. So come by and watch me draw. If we Google uh, your name, Caleb Cleveland, uh, is it just uh, would our fans just get a torrent of your pieces? Because a lot of them are uh, have been published... Yeah, for the most part, if you Google my name, Caleb Cleveland Art, you'll see a whole bunch of uh, role-playing game and tabletop game pieces going back like 15 or 20 years in some places. Uh, you'll see a ton of different things, all of it very weird. I've been called sort of like an artistic chameleon because everything is so damn different. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it and uh, feel free to shoot me a line and tell me what you think. Hear that, fans? He's not joking. He, I'm not kidding. He wants to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. Thank you. And Damien Mercado, where can people follow you? You can follow me at AwfulDnd. Uh, reach out to the show. Tell us what you like about it, what you don't like about it. If you just need a friend to talk to, tweet AwfulDnd. Also, check out Science Faction. It is a comedy science podcast that tries to make you laugh a little bit, help the little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down. Uh, we've also been putting out a weekly COVID episode. The host of the show is a great scientist, and he does a great job, uh, that I, the best job I've seen, rounding up all the uh, COVID news that week and letting you know how dire things are. 
And I've been your dungeon master, Joe Camacho. You can follow me on Twitter at HotCop69. Very common spelling, very sexy spelling. I frequently am trying to put episodes together and I ask for audience input on what they want to hear or see. So give me a follow. Let me know what you're feeling, what you're thinking. If you guys want to run a new system, I typically will run those. So if you guys want a special system, let me know and I will try to influence the cast to allow me to do it for them. Thank you all for joining us. It's been a wonderful time. I can't wait to finish up this horror adventure with you all. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.